Well, welcome back, listeners, to Act 5, As I Live It. This is Episode 35, A Wonderful Time of the Year, December 2022. It's that time of year, child, you know, where people treat each other nicely for a few weeks, getting caught up in the spirit of Thanksgiving and Christmas, giving thanks for the blessings, and a few weeks later, buying and giving presents to people they love. But why does this spirit last only for a few weeks? Years ago, I joined a folk mass music group. I had learned to play a few chords on the guitar while performing with some ladies from work. We called ourselves the BWJ Singers, then expanded it to a few additional members and changed our name to Mocha. We performed once or twice a year, and mainly for a church function when they sponsored a Little Miss Black Rockville contest. I learned just enough chords to play one or two songs at each of these events, and then I thought I was good enough to audition to play at a Catholic church in Germantown. They must have been desperate, or maybe they were trying to be an equal opportunity employer and give me a chance. Well, after all, they really weren't paying much. How about nothing? It was strictly a volunteer gig. We played every Sunday at 10.30, I believe. The regular mass was earlier, and they may have had one a little later, but maybe I am confusing it with the Saturday evening mass that many folks attended so they wouldn't have to go on Sunday. When Christmas time came, we would play the usual songs, but playing them on a guitar added more of a folksy tone, hence the term folk mass. But if Christmas fell on a Saturday, we would play ourselves silly, child. We would have a Christmas Eve mass on Friday, then play on Christmas Day, sometimes twice if the parish called for a children's mass. Of course, on Sunday, we would be right back at church for the regular service. I played with the group from the time I was five months pregnant with number one son until he turned five. At Christmas time, I felt like I was earning my place in heaven, preparing to wear my starry crown with a guitar in the middle of it. Christmas time brings on such great music. The songs were written and performed years ago, I know, but each year they're played on the radio. They feel like they are the top ten on everyone's hit parade or playlist. The music works on the spirit, making one feel warm and fuzzy inside, causing one to be nice and to forget about how much one dislikes someone else. It's a season for kindness, as Reverend Sylvia from Unity DC recently pointed out. There are concerts all over to go to, at churches, by choirs, or by schools around the city or county. I love hearing the bass tones from the men mixed with high tones from sopranos and balanced by the altos and tenors. Often the performances include a sing-along, and I like to see if I can hit the highs and lows of 
Christmas, TV movies are abound with stories about miracles or little boys and girls believing in the magic of Christmas. I think I am secure or self-assured enough now to admit that I believed in Santa Claus as a child. In fact, I was almost 12 before I realized the fantasy was just that. In order to keep me an innocent, obedient child, I needed to believe. That Christmas before I turned 12, I got two gifts, a bike and a transistor radio. The bike was hidden in the alley next door to our small home until Christmas Day. My father told me to go look in the alley and I followed his orders to the T. What I saw was a nice red girl's bike. On the seat of it was the transistor radio and a license plate on top of it. I was so delighted about getting the transistor radio that I thought in order to play it, I needed a license. Silly me. The license plate was for the bike. We had to register our bikes way back then. (laughs) Not long after I got those gifts, I figured out that Santa was really my parents, who found a way way with their meager earnings to buy me and my two brothers really nice gifts that year. Bless their poor little hearts. The story of Christmas tells us about another poor family who traveled to Bethlehem to give birth to a son, born in a manger. The true meaning of Christmas is about celebrating the birth of this child who came to save us from sin. It's kind of like an annual birthday held every year on December 25th. About a week before this Christmas, My remaining brother had a birthday. It was his 70th birthday. His children threw him a surprise party and asked his sisters to say some words. While I easily have lots of words to say about my dear brother Greg, who I still miss so much, I found myself taking some quiet time to assess my brother Skip's place in my life. What I wrote and presented at his party was felt deeply by family and guests who helped him celebrate. I thought I would include my speech in this episode. For those who don't know, I am Christy, the oldest of the five children born to Carrie and Roosevelt Sr. At just three years and nine months into my life, our family grew from three to four. I remember sleeping with mom and daddy in our small apartment on Briscoe Street one night or early morning one, only to be awakened when mom needed to leave for the hospital 70 years ago today. She returned home with a little boy who we called Skippy. He was actually named after our father, but Skippy was the nickname daddy gave him. I watched Skippy grow as a little boy who at an early age lost his hair and had to deal with name calling and have fun poked at him from many directions. 
I watched Skippy play drums with Daddy on Friday evenings when Mom would go to the market. She would come home to find the living room floor on Iceland Street she had washed and waxed just hours before, littered with newspapers from Skip and our brother Greg's horsing around with the pretend drums. I watched how Skippy would join me in a song we made up while waiting in the car for Daddy after Mass at St. Monica's because he would always talk a long time with one of the other ushers. Daddy, come on! Daddy, come on! We sang it loud, too, hoping Daddy would hear us, even though the windows were up. Yet knowing full well if Daddy really heard us, he would come, but we wouldn't be happy when he got in the car. Church was a regular part of our life, and I watched Skippy eventually become an altar boy, which required discipline and attention to detail. He got lots of practice because Skippy, Greg, and I would play church sometimes in the kitchen at our house on Iceland Street. The table was our altar. Skippy and Greg would be the altar boys. I would be the priest. I watched Skippy play with miniature animal figurines, creating battles where they would fight for power. And when the animals broke, he would glue the parts together and put them in the freezer to dry. I watched Skippy grow into a preteen, an age when he was quite taken by the wrestling profession, mimicking the devilish moves and takedowns they executed on TV. One such specific move he made on me as I left the kitchen in our house on Ramsey Street. Skippy was lurking around the corner of the entrance to the dining room, and when I stepped into that room, he smacked me in the eye with a quarter that he just pulled out of the top of his pants and then pretended he didn't do it, just like the wrestlers. But unlike the wrestlers, he got punished and couldn't watch wrestling for a while. But there were other times Skippy played fair. One Christmas, he got an ice hockey game that we could play on the kitchen table. It had a raised board with miniature hockey players that we could turn in any direction with protruding long rods at each each end of the board. Our teams were the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks. We would play that game for hours as we tried to get the puck past the goalie by using the center lever that would move from side to side to block it. Skippy was very good and usually won the game with a winning goal. I watched Skippy play Little League Baseball in Carroll Park a few years after blacks were allowed to use it. I watched him learn the Cub Scout Pledge, repeating the words as Mom recited them to him. I watched as Skip the Teenager took over a paper route once worked by our cousin Harry Smith. Or maybe it was Mom who really worked the route when Skip just wouldn't do it right. I watched Skip because become an avid basketball player at the Neighborhood Lions Club Recreation Center, attracting some of the girls despite his bald head, and probably because of how neat and clean his outfit was each time he showed up. Skip graduated from high school the same day I graduated from Morgan but I watched him graduate from our alma mater later, 
then marry, and become a doting father to his two children. And if you want to know about anything that has happened since he was two years old, he can tell you with details. A few qualities I admire about Skip the Man. One is how he stays connected to childhood friends and extended family members, passing along news, good, bad, sometimes sad. Two others are his vigilance and compassion that he has for family when they become ill, staying by their side for days at a time, whether at their home or in the hospital. And now, as our only brother, I watch how he carefully and quietly navigates our personalities, almost stealth-like, as we continue to struggle to fill the voids left by the two men our family has lost by taking good care of us all in his own way. Happy 70th birthday, brother. When my sisters and I finished each of our tributes, Skip, dapperly dressed in his red brocade dinner jacket, gave each of us a hug that felt like his heart had heard ours. What I found more affirming than that moment was the response I received from my son as I returned to our table. That was very nice, he said. And later as I took him to catch his ride back to New York, I like the words you used for Skip. Now, ain't that a Christmas present? I don't buy many gifts as I once did, not only because many of my family has few little children and many close friends have gone on to glory, but I find it not as necessary to show my appreciation for their place in my life. My widowed sister-in-law and I have gotten closer since my dear brother's passing, and last year she and I exchanged gifts. This year, I suggested we give each other time and continue our newfound love for one another. For all who have listened to my my podcast over the last two years, I thank you for your gift of the time you've taken to do so. And during this holiday season, I wish you as much kindness and love as your heart can stand. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Till next time.